0: Morning, Porch Community, how are you? Morning, church. You good? Everybody having a good summer? We get reaching the time of year where you can't say the word summer because people are dreading the fall. Right? Understand. Every time I say summer around my wife, she's like, no, no. Just don't mention it. Because it's getting it's getting shorter. My life moves in the seasons like that. But really glad you're with us. Um, uh, mid-middle of July, everybody's kind of here, there, and everywhere, but we're incredibly thankful that you're here with us this morning. You've chosen to spend Sunday morning with us. Um, today we're celebrating uh, our Stir Mission Week that happened last week, and we just want to take a few minutes to share what we experienced and all that God did. And so, you know, because He did a lot, right? Didn't He do a lot? Students, right? People were, that weren't even there are saying Amen. I'm like, y'all, come. thank you. Like, you, take the lead, Miss Sue. You know, let's, let's wake up. Let's wake up. you know. it's not a Thank you. that's right, amen, amen. So she, you know, she say amen. Come on, students, let's go. Um, it, I, it's funny because I, I kept like, you know, it was like roulette and they were it all scared that I was going to call on somebody to pray the whole week. And it's like, who, and like, uh, who wants to pray? And be like crickets for a minute. Like, da, 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 da. like it's fixing to go down, I'm fixing to just, hey, just pray. And they're like, oh, no, not me, but. We worked around that a little bit, and everybody came out and got bowled a little bit and came out of their shell. uh, But we're going to have some students share right quick before the actual message time um, that we've got. So I want to call up Carson, Abby, and Grace. Come on up together. Oh, man, I'm making noise. Sorry, Dave. Every time I turn my head, it's not good, is it? Josh is like, please stop. Um, so, this is Carson Crenshaw. He's my son. Yeah. If you get, how did this come from this? I just want to know. This is God's like, I'm going to defy genetics a little bit, you know, so, and it, Carson's got the raw end of the deal because I never ask him to do these things. It's like, oh, he's asking his son, you know, to testify, you know. But it, my boy's a senior, so and he's been on these trips with us, and and so I ask him to to be one of three that shared, and, and so I, tr- I typically try to ask seniors first because it's their last hurrah and all that stuff, and they're a little bit more experienced, and you know, you younger ones, you got a couple years. So um, I've asked all three of them to share a little quick testimony about the week and what. God did and what they experienced so Carson
1: you want to go first you want to lead off okay so when my dad told me that we were going to be staying here for a mission trip I was just like because like it just sort of seems like you know a last resort when people have a mission trip here you're like oh yeah you couldn't find anywhere else to go but um, then we were talking about it. He was telling me about, you know, how it came down to, like, we had to stay here. He was like, there's no buses. There's no, you know, money. I, it may not be money, but it wasn't money. But, um, you know, vans. There wasn't a church to stay at, you know. And, um, you know, I knew I was like, dang, because, like, it's not as shiny as going to, like, New Orleans or Boston. Like, well, we go, we're going to the other side of the country to go talk to people we'll never see again, you know. So, um, you know, I was like, whatever, like, you know, it'll still be good, and, um, it really surprised me, because we were talking about this, um, during the week, because it didn't feel like we were in the Valdosta. it felt like we were, you know, somewhere else that we had never been before, and, because um, for a lot of people, it was the first time being on, you know, sides of town they had never been to, you know, talking to people they had never seen before, and, um we uh we talked to this guy actually i didn't really get to talk to this guy because me and a few others were uh pulling up as they were praying for this man um coming from another site but um he he had walked up and um he had sort of talked to him for a second and um told him that all he had was him and his daughter and uh two weeks ago his daughter had died and um He really didn't have any money, any place to stay. He was just sort of wandering around. And he asked for two things, but in this order. He asked for prayer, and then he asked for money for food. And um, so they prayed for him. And um, I don't mean to call you out, Cade, but um, my buddy Cade took all the papers, all his stuff out of his Bible and wrote his name, his daughter's name in it, and um, gave it to him. And um, that was That was something serious right there. But, um, yeah, it was, I mean, we talked to a few people and we played with some kids. But, um, you know, some of the work we were doing, we'll we'll never meet the people we were doing it for. So it was just, you know, a lot of it was just stuff between us and him, really. Because with Habitat Builds and, um, you know, doing stuff in warehouses, you're doing stuff organizations that are gonna do stuff for people, but you, you you'll probably never see, you know, the fruits of that in this life. But you know, it's just something you have to have faith with and um know that you're serving the Lord and that it's gonna turn out the way you want it to. But um thank you.
2: Hello. Um I'm oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um At the beginning of the week, Justin asked us a question. It was, why are you here this week? And he continued to ask us this question throughout the whole week. And honestly, at the beginning, I had absolutely no idea. Um, Towards the end, it became a lot deeper than that. Um, For a while, I sat on the fence with my faith. And I didn't fully put my trust in God. Um, I lost my mom when I was eight. And my dad was never really in the picture either. we met this one girl whenever we were at the park playing with the kids, and she was talking about how her mom had sold her car to be able to afford a roof over their head and food on their table. And it was just a testament within itself. It was like, wow, there's so many things that we take for granted every day because it's easy. It's easy to just walk out the door and go into your car and be like, oh, it's raining, got to drive. Um, but we should be thankful for that. And it's a blessing within itself that we can't get in our car and just drive in the rain. Cause some people have to walk in it. But um by the end of the week for sure, that was full of so many blessings, I got the kickstart to my faith that I really needed to grow my faith deeper and really get plugged in with the college ministry here. Um it was definitely a beautiful week and it was a reminder, obviously, to not take things for granted granted, but there's also a rainbow after every storm.
3: Thank you. I'm really nervous. (laughs) Um, um, Mission week for me, I'd never experienced anything like it before. I've never served like we did um, that week. But um, the first night when Justin asked us why we were there, I had no idea. I had, I didn't know, like, I didn't know. I had no idea. I hadn't experienced anything that day that really made me see God like I hadn't before. Um, but then the second day I swung with this little boy named Micah, who is very special to me. Um, he's the cutest little kid, had the brightest smile, um, joy radiating off of him, really an inspiration. I told him he was my hero, um, a few times, but, um, he showed me that, God showed me that I was there to love on others like he had loved on, like he loves on us all the time. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Anyways. and that we need to love compassionately to others um, to walk in step with the Lord more and to become more and more like him. Um, and so I found this verse in 1 John. Um, it's 1 John 4, 11 through 12. And it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in, the, <coughs> complete in us. Um, so that just showed me that with his love and what, like, I was given to others that I was made complete, and I, um, he filled, like, that hole in my heart, um, and so I'm just really thankful for a humbling experience that I've never done before, um, so, yeah.
0: I hope you kind of, kind of heard um, the heart, the heart behind what was said. You know, sometimes we, you know, with with our with our students, you have to kind of read between the lines a little bit to understand that there's way more they want to say. There's way more that they want to articulate. And you know, I I gave, them, literally gave them like two minutes each or something, and because you know we've got a sermon. You know, I'm still preaching a sermon this morning. That cool? That cool with y'all? But I, I just said, look, hey. It's like no look they already preached let's go home pastor so um I, i'm just thankful for a church that loves and prioritizes students amen i um, yeah no look <clears throat> it's 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 part of the reason that uh god led us out here um to this property is the porch community church they they are they are the lifeblood of our church and in any okay. church really i i I get asked uh, because I'm I'm an an old dog in the youth ministry game, obviously, way past my prime. But when I get asked by someone in their 20s who is doing youth ministry or they're starting, they're like, "What? What do you recommend? What? What? You know, what curriculum do you? I'm like, I mean, use any curriculum you want, but just love kids well. Just love kids and their families well. Just love them well. And I mean, you it's not rocket science and I think our church does a fantastic job of loving people well I think it's what makes this place unique we love people well Um, so that's a little plug for you if you're you're visiting this morning didn't say hello to our visitors if you're a first timer uh, we especially want to say welcome to you and we're really really glad you're here and hopefully you saw kind of what we're about a little bit of our DNA this morning right Um, so an illustration for you Um, so during our mission week last week we we uh, were at one of the habitat houses and um, around the house uh, it um, when it rained it would um, flow into the house because the, the ground was uneven and all that stuff and they were trying to le- we were trying to grade the ground uh, slope slope it away from the house you know that's kind of what that's one of the last things they do when the house is being finished and so it was our job to take shovels and pick axes and wheelbarrows and take dirt away that needed to be taken away and flatten it out where it needed to be and grade it real good. And man, I'm telling you, like, I can testify that that's hard work. You know, we got there and we really did not know what Habitat had us doing. It was really up in the air because we wanted to be on like a build site, but because of the way the seasons fell for Habitat, they won't, um, summer, mid-summer is kind of like they're not really doing a lot of builds because it's so hot so they'll start in the fall and all that so we're bummed about that and then we're like but there is there are some houses we need some work in and then we're like put us to work and we got to this house and listen I can testify that we I look at this ground and we're like man this is like you know it's like the foothills in here it's like how are we gonna get all this dirt out this is a this is a job for a what a tractor And I said that like 15 times I wasn't complaining But I'm just saying, this is a job for a backhoe. We get a backhoe in here, five minutes, we're done. That wasn't God's purpose. (laughs) We were there with like 10 shovels and a couple of pickaxes. You saw in the, the, hopefully you saw some footage of me with the shovel in the ground. I I said, Josh, I don't want to be that guy that's the youth pastor that ain't working. He's taking pictures and you get one shot of me going like this. With a smile on my face, not sweating. So, anyway, I did sweat a lot. I burnt some calories. Amen, we burnt some calories. But something about the ground I want to call your attention to. The ground looks a certain way on the surface. Some of it looked pretty solid. Like, oh it's not going to be any big deal. You stick that shovel in, and you get like an inch and a half down in there, and you go, bink. And ain't no moving. You're like... And you're standing on it, jumping up and down, pogo style, you know, on the on the on the you know, thing, and you're like, How are we gonna do this? And yet, you know, you can't you can't you can't look at the surface and you couldn't look at it and see how soft or hard it was. You couldn't see the condition of the ground by looking at the, the top of it. Um, things just need to kind of be just right for things to happen the way that they wanted to there, with the digging and the moving of the dirt. Quick story. I've been laying sod all weekend, and and some of y'all, I heard a groan from one or two of y'all. Your pity is welcome and your prayers are welcome. I laid two full pallets by myself the last day and a half, and that ain't no, I mean, I'm like, oh, this is nothing, I knocked this out. Two hours later, I'm, I'm through a half a pallet, and I got another pallet and a half to go. Anybody ever laid sod in here? lord have mercy i'm telling you it, it I, listen my son was at the beach i was like okay you don't have my my manual labor right my free labor to help me but i said no biggie i'll do it my doggone self right i mean two full pallets i can get that done i knocked this out so but anybody who's ever laid sod knows they. if you know you know right if you know you know it's difficult Anyway, where we live is, we live on a very wooded piece of property, and and there's lots of trees. Uh, So grass has never really grown in my backyard. It's been dirt and leaves. We've got these big, huge oak trees and other things, and and my my yard is sloped. So grass just doesn't grow there. But my dad and I got to talking, and he mentioned a certain type of grass that can grow in shaded areas and grow where other grass can't grow. He recommended centipede grass. Anybody got a centipede in the yard? Centipede takes over everything, and it can grow in anything, and it doesn't need a lot of maintenance. See, I'm a novice in the sod department, of course. I I overestimated how long it would take me to lay that sod. Um, I've laid it in other people's yard and helped people, but never my own yard, and it was a, a, a different undertaking. But I learned that centipede grass needs almost no prep. When, I, when, when my dad brought the trailer down, he was like, okay, well, you know, you can sweep these leaves out of the way, you don't have to, it's up to you. Like, you just throw it down on the ground and water it. Throw it on the ground and water it. And I said, is that it? And he said, yeah. And sure enough, I, I laid two pallets about a month ago and that, that stuff is like, I mean, he said, just let it grow for a while and it's like this high, you know. In the shade, right, and we hadn't had a lot of rain except for the last few days. So that's, that stuff is growing and, and sure enough, it doesn't need a lot. It just needs a little little water. But I started this process of laying sod about a month ago and little by little, it, it's just kind of taking over everything and I cannot wait so it's all kind of the same height so I can just do one clean cut and see how that yard looks. I'm, I'm excited about it. But in normal circumstances, the ground when you're plant planting sod, it's got to be prepared, doesn't it? You gotta, you, you almost need to, like, come in there with rakes and shovels and even, like, a tractor and, like, smooth it out, level it out, get the, get the good dirt on top kind of thing. But not centipede, apparently. It'll grow anywhere. See, the soil matters. The soil matters. If the ground you're putting it on isn't prepared, it's not going to grow. And it'll die. Today, we're in our Parables of Jesus series. That's a long intro to this parable that we're going to be looking at. It's the parable of the sower, and it's found in Luke chapter 8. I want you to turn there with me if you've got a Bible, Bible app, or it'll be on the screen for you. And although it's called the parable of the sower, it really should be called the parable of the soils, since the sower is probably the least important component in this whole story. The parable is found in Luke 8, and so turn with me. If, and if you haven't noticed yet in this series, A lot of Jesus' parables contained farming references. Have you noticed that? A lot of them. Agriculture. It's what people related to in the day. Um, And and again, Jesus is meeting people where they are with the gospel, right? Parables are meant to be um, um, run parallel. It's it's, it's the gospel, but it's a story that runs parallel with it, and it it makes the gospel kind of come alive in our minds and our hearts. So in Luke 8, here we find... Uh, the parable of the soils. That's what I'm going to refer to it as. Um, Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 4, and let's read through verse 15. It says, When a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town to town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no, had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants out. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears, let them hear. His disciples asked what the parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, have been revealed to you. But to others I speak in parables so that, this is, this is the head scratcher, and we'll get back to this. Though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. Now wait, we just said that Jesus spoke in parables so that people could understand the gospel, didn't we? This seems to run contradictory to that statement. We'll get back to that in a minute. By the way, Jesus is quoting Isaiah here, Isaiah 6, 9. Though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. Then Jesus explains what the parable means. Verse 11, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving, produce persevering, produce a crop. So in this parable, Jesus is telling a story of a farmer who goes out and scatters seed, and he scatters it everywhere, apparently, which is strange for a farmer to do, by the way. Normally, when you're planting anything, there's a specified, predetermined spot it goes in. Any farmers in here? Farmer? Anybody who's ever worked on a farm, grew up on a farm, driven by farmland you know, I got to include everybody, everybody's driven by farmland around here. You can drive in any direction around here, and you see fields with all kind of crops in them. But if you look closely, you'll know this, that some of you may not, some of you might, but you'll notice that certain fields have certain crops in them. Over here, you've got cotton, and over here, you've got corn, and Peanuts over here and soybeans over there, right? So they're planted generally in rows or blocks, and this is done very, very meticulously. I mean, you could get you could get like a, you know, a ruler or something, and you and literally those rows are so they're mathematically they're tight because they have to get so many in there to, for it to work, right? They've They've got to be spaced out, right? They've got to be spaced out just so, and that, that varies based on what you're planting, right? Certain distances between each plant. And they're in rows or blocks, and they are, you can look down, and it's like you've never seen a straighter line in your life. Anybody ever been in a field like that? Know what I'm talking about? Or ridden by it? You know if you go uh, against the grain you're dri- driving by, don't you? You see those rows. You can look right down as far as the eye can see. So for a farmer to go and just scatter seed everywhere is strange. It was strange to people in that day as Jesus told it as well. You don't just go and throw seed. You don't see cotton growing in a ditch somewhere. Do you? You don't see corn just randomly. Well, you do kind of around here. See corn growing in somebody's backyard. I've seen that. Anybody got corn growing in their backyard? Anybody growing their own corn? I, I mean, from my hometown, people grew their own corn. That little fenced-in area, about you know, twenty by twenty, and there's corn there. you just gonna eat it, or you gonna sell it? What you gonna do? Like, but generally, generally speaking, you don't walk into somebody's backyard or front yard and see corn stalks. You don't see cotton in the, in the, growing in the ditch. You just don't. Farmers don't scatter seed everywhere. They just don't. The other thing that you don't see is 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 you see. Uh, random plants like you don't see one right you don't see just one stalk or you know two or three you see a whole bunch and they're ordered to understand why he said this and why he did and jesus explained it the way he did you need to go back and see what everything represents from 11 to 15 right And we just talked about what everything he explains the parable because i'm sure it was very confusing. Right, four different types of soil, and who is the farmer, and who, you know, what is the seed, and what's going on here? I don't, we don't understand. So this is breaking it down. This is what he says: the word of God is the seed. Okay, the word of God is the seed being planted. The heart is the soul. Is the soil. The heart is the soil, and the condition of the soil determines what happens to the seed. The word of God is the seed, the heart is the soil, and the condition of the soil determines what happens to the seed, right? So then Jesus goes on, goes on to describe four kinds of soil that represent four conditions of the human heart. And I want you to stick with me. This is, this is it, it, it'll be easy to get lost. Oh, which soil was that? There's like four of them. Okay, I, I don't know. Four types of soil equal four conditions of the human heart. And we all can be on this spectrum somewhere. We all can fall into one of these four categories, everyone in the room, right? So, it's, it, it, what we're doing as, as I'm sharing these, I want you to evaluate, just like I did for the last two weeks. I want you to evaluate where your heart is as we, as we describe these four types of soil. All right, the first one is the path. It's actually not soil at all, but it represents a hard heart. And the seed which is the word of god falls on the path jesus says "As the birds of the air which represent the enemy satan come and and eat the seed up before it can can go anywhere think about this every time you come to church or you read your bible or you sit in a community bible study community group bible study or you do one-on-one with somebody every time the enemy is trying to steal the seed which is the word of god so that you can't hear it, so that it won't be planted. Every time, right now, the enemy is trying to muffle your ears so that, and he's trying to muzzle my mouth, so that the word of God cannot be planted in your heart. Every time, every time scripture is read, preached, sung, every time, there is a spiritual battle going on. We have to understand that. The word of God is not neutral. If church, if we don't value the word of God and the voice of God above all else, we are not a church. We're just a social club. If the word of God is not valuable to you, you cannot call yourself a Christian. You cannot. You can call yourself a church goer. It's a big difference. If we don't stand on and value, that's why we, part of the reason we Decided to go independent. Because somewhere, someone lost the plot. And, and someone shifted off of the foundation of the word of God. Somewhere. Somebody that made decisions. And I'm so thankful for a church that said, no, the word of God is the foundation. I don't care what else happens here. The word, When the word of God is the foundation, this church will do what it's meant to do. Every time word, excuse me, it's read, taught, sung, whether it's by yourself or in church on a Sunday morning, there is a spiritual battle going on to, to close your ears and thus harden your heart. When God's word's being taught, read, preached, do you zone out? Are you zoned out right now? I don't, I mean, if you stayed up late last night, I don't blame you, but wake up. The gavel, I'd beat the gavel, like, wake up. Is this you today? Are you the hard heart? Is your heart hardened by life and circumstances? That's the first one, the path. The second one is the rocky soil, okay? I'm going to move through these quickly. And that represents a shallow heart. Shallow heart. The second kind of soil, the rocky soil, represents a heart that is shallow. The soil is shallow because not far down from the surface, like that, like that ground we were trying to dig up around the... Habitat house about this much soft dirt, then you hit rock or something real, real, real hard. And there's rock and, and, and underneath and it's packed down tight. So the seed falls and because it can't go down very far, it sprouts up immediately and yet the, the sun comes out and persecution happens, life happens. Because the word hasn't been rooted deep in a person's heart, the plant shrivels and dies. The plant shrivels and dies. Are you that rocky soil this morning? At one point early in your Christian journey, you were excited about your faith. You were excited about reading the Bible. You, you, you worshipped God freely in total freedom. And you, your prayer life was constant. And it was, it was a routine. You didn't want to miss. You didn't want to mess it up. You were in there. You're bold and you're full of joy, but at some point maybe you became frustrated because you were ostracized or put out as a Christian, which you will be. I, I mean, I, I, there's no other way to say it. If you're not losing friends because of your faith, we're not doing it right. We're not doing it right. If we're not losing friends because of our faith, we're not doing it right. Folks, we're not. We're not. Are you the rocky soil? Were you excited at one point, and then excitement faded because life got hard, and, it, and it's difficult to follow Jesus, isn't it? You've got to wake up every day and decide to follow Jesus. It's not something that magically happens. You've got to wake up every day and, and put one foot in front of the other for the cause of Christ. You've got to. College kids, wherever you're going, if you don't put one foot in front of the other, one step at a time for Jesus, you won't recognize yourself in a semester. Hey not calling anybody out I see it all the time I see it all the time with all the students that come through here they come home for Christmas break and I go oh my gosh somebody's gotten to you somebody's whispered in your ear somebody's told you that this faith stuff is for kids somebody's told that Jesus is irrelevant here use your mind to, 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 to fuel your life." Use your intellect to fuel your life. That is a complete lie. We got If we if we were put if we were to put four these four soils on a scale, the shallow one I think would be, the one that would have the most of us in it. Including myself. Including myself. Life gets hard, man. Jesus is the first to go. Why? Are you the rocky soil? Number three, the thorny soil, which represents represents a divided heart, a divided heart. The third kind of soul Jesus describes here is the one where the seed falls in the, in, among the thorns and the seed sprouts up quickly and then fades away. This is the divided heart. For example, when someone says, yes, I believe the gospel, I want to live by it. I want Jesus to be the boss of my life. But then when the, 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 heart, the thorns come, which represent our world, our culture, the cares of this world, the pursuit of money and happiness and career and joy, when all those things pop up, we don't want to follow Jesus anymore. The thorns come, the cares of the world take over, our minds and our hearts, they rise up and they choke out that seed, the gospel, the word of God. When we're in love with this world, we cannot and will not love Jesus. When you are in love with the world, you cannot and will not love Jesus. You'll be a Sunday churchgoer at best. The person becomes distracted by money, the pursuit of pleasure and satisfaction with other things besides God. And before long, the plant that grew out of that seed was so excited in the first and and, and thriving and growing, shrivels and dies. This is a divided heart. Is your heart divided this morning? Is your heart too crowded and your life too full to make room for Jesus? is it? Is it? Is your heart too crowded and your life too full to make room for Jesus? It's time to clear out the clutter. We just sang that. It's time to clear it out, folks. Remove distractions. Let go of the world for a second. Stop acting like you're in control of it anyway, because you're not. Maybe your distraction is an unhealthy friendship or a friend group. Students. Also, word of the wise, get off social media. Get off social media. Forget your Snapchat streak. How about a Bible streak for once? Like, forget social media. They're like, no, no, that's too much. If it's too much to put the phone down, that's a divided heart. That's symptom number one. And I'm preaching to me because I can't hardly put my phone down, y'all. That's a symptomatic of a divided heart. I care too much about the world to so love Jesus. Oh, isn't this the gospel? Man, many times the gospel doesn't take root in our lives because our hearts are too divided. And lastly, the fourth kind of soil is the good soil. The good soil. This is, everybody's like, man, I've had three, three humdingers, man, get to the good part, man. I'm, I'm kind of feeling bad. Like, it's okay to kind of be convicted a little bit. It's okay to come to church and have a sense of conviction, right? That's how we run to the cross. If we're not convicted, no change can happen, amen? Nothing good can happen if there's not conviction, nothing. Don't run from that. Don't be scared of that. The good soil, which represents a humble heart, the good soil, black dirt, it's soft, has plenty of moisture, access to sunlight, everything it needs. The good soil represents the soft and humble heart. When the word of God, the gospel falls on this soil, it puts down roots, setting up a foundation into the soil. The planted word eventually sprouts up and begins to produce fruit. And this is the kind of life Jesus is saying we should be experiencing. Good soil. This is the kind of response you and I ought to have to the gospel. Not one that gets choked out. Not one that gets shriveled up by the doubt or persecution in life. Not one that just really doesn't care but one that receives the word that's being planted in my heart right now. I want to point out something striking, though, in verse 10. Verse 10 says, notice what Jesus said. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom God has given to you. But in others I speak in parables, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. What does Jesus mean by this? Jesus is saying that those who really want to know God. Those people, the mysteries of God will be revealed to those people. Those whose hearts are bending towards God, even though it's like ever so slightly, you're reaching for God. And you're you're not doing well, you're not doing great, but you're you're trying, you're reaching. The heart that reaches for God will know the mysteries of God. God. The gospel will be revealed to you. If your heart reaches for the Lord, you will find him. Seek him and you will find but you're, if you're reaching for the world, that's what you're gonna. That's the harvest you're gonna reap. Death, destruction, can't take it with you. Whatever cliche you want to say. So the people listening have no choice. Ha- have the choice when they hear this parable. Listen, either they lean in and dig for deeper truth, or they're deaf to it. Listen, either you lean in. You ever go into church and go, I didn't get much out of that sermon? And we do it all the time. We complain, like, preach, you preach better sermons. Well, I mean, if I'm reading the Word of God, that's the sermon. I don't really need to add much to it. Amen? Like, so, if I'm, if it's on it's me. It's on me. Just because I've heard a parable a hundred times, trust me, this is one of my favorite parables. I've heard it read a hundred more times. That doesn't preclude me from digging for deeper truth doesn't preclude me from going deeper and, and, and knowing that the, the, the Word of God is an ocean so deep I can't hit the bottom. So the simplest thing, John 3:16, I can keep calling out truth from and calling out truth from. Amen, that is the word of God. Don't ever think you've grown past it. Don't ever think you've outgrown the simple things of the faith. The word of God is the seed, and the condition of the heart that receives it matters. Is your heart soft and tender towards God and his voice this morning? That when you hear his words written in scripture, you want to listen and obey. The way to true growth, listen, as a Christ follower, is to work to keep the heart tender. Listen, the way to grow as a Christian is to work every day to keep the heart tender. Tender, soft, humble heart is the key to a well-lived Christian life. When our hearts are tender towards God, we hear his word, not because suddenly it makes more sense to us or suddenly we just hear it with our physical ears more clearly, but that God delights in revealing it to us. When a heart is bending and leaning and reaching for God, God will reveal all that you need. God will give you all that you need. He delights in that. He delights in that. That's what this parable is getting at. By hearing and obeying his word and valuing God's word, valuing valuing the spoken, sung, written word, you'll find it easier to battle temptation and sin. You want to please God and share Jesus with others. This is the kind of life God planned for you. This is exactly what James meant in James 1.21. It won't be on the screen. They're, they're resetting that computer back there. It says, Therefore, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness, which means humility, the implanted word. Receive with humility the implanted word, which is able to what? Save your souls. We got a rainstorm right on time. Nothing is by accident in God's economy, amen? He says, receive with humility the word planted in you. I'm wrapping up. Say with me. Receive the word with a humble heart. Let it break through to the core. Let it pierce your heart this morning. Like Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and of marrow, down to the core of our bones even, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the what? The heart. See, God's all about the heart. Listen, God's all about the heart. God doesn't care about the outward appearance. God cares about the heart this morning. The word of God is the seed. The human heart is the soil. What condition is your heart in this morning? You see, above all, God looks upon the heart. We saw Samuel. Say this, when, when, when little shepherd boy David was discovered and all his brothers went, what, this guy, this brother? He says, God, man looks on the outward, but God looks upon what? The heart. God knows your heart and he cares deeply for it. He went to the cross for your heart, not your outward body, which is wasting away and it's gonna be gone, we're gonna be here and gone in a, in a, in a moment. And all he wants from you is what? A tender heart. A heart that's sensitive to the things of God. That wants to know him better. This is the good soil. The tender heart. And when God's word is planted on fertile soil, it produces the crop that is the kingdom of God. There is, in fact, there is no other way for the kingdom to grow apart from the implanted word, which is the seed. That's how the kingdom grows. That's why John says in his, in his first chapter of his gospel, in the beginning was the word. There's nothing greater than that. Nothing pre- precedes that. The word was with God and the word was what? God. The word was God. Jesus, the incarnate word of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And way back when God was creating things and speaking, he was, excuse me, sorry. Boom, you like, I thought it was thunder at first, and I hit, it was myself. Way back when he was creating things, he was, spe- it's the spoken word that was the power. And then eventually, we got, we got the written word. The written word. This is how the kingdom comes about. Today, my challenge is for you and I to break up the ground of the hard heart. Listen, break up that ground. If your heart has been hardened by sin or just life ask god to make your heart soft again don't let life make you hard don't let life make you bitter a bitter person cannot be a follower of jesus bitter people aren't don't make good christ followers man have you ever seen so-called christians that never ever smile I mean, you might, you might be saying, Pat, Pat, I'm, I don't want to smile very much. I'm just not a smiler. I'm not, I'm not saying walk around with a stupid grin. I'm just saying show some joy. I'm just saying show some, there you go. I'm just saying show some, jo- show some joy in your life. Joy is an outflow of the heart, of the soft heart. Sometimes you got to till up the ground a little bit, right? This morning, you got to till up the ground. Like we experienced last week with uh, Habitat for Humanity, sometimes you just need to take a pickaxe and break it up. Breaking up hard ground of the heart that's closed itself off in the Word of God is painful but necessary. So break up the ground of, of your heart this morning. Let God break that up. Number two, take God's Word to heart. Don't ever think it's neutral. Don't ever open your Bible. Don't ever come to church. Don't ever sit in a small group. Don't ever go there and think it's somehow neutral. It is not neutral. It is alive and active. And if we take a neutral posture to the word of God, at some point in the future, the Porch Community Church will cease to be a church. We'll just be like all those other dead buildings with people that come every Sunday morning, but the word of God is not important to them. Y'all, it starts and ends with the word of God break up that heart, break up that hard heart, take God's word to heart and let it bring a harvest. The word of God firmly planted in you with roots growing deep will produce an amazing harvest. You know what that harvest is called? Listen. You know what that harvest is called? It's called revival. Revival. Don't you want that? Don't you want that? I want revival for my own heart worse than I want it for our town. But revival happens in me and in you, our students. We're going somewhere. God's doing some, something. Revival will occur. It will occur. And the kingdom of God will be the fruit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I'm challenged by this. Um, and, and it's it's difficult for me to put words to how challenging this is because it's not easy to look within and see things that are need 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 addressing but spiritually it is necessary so father this morning my my prayer is that we would take a few moments before we leave and address what's inside it's going to take courage it's going to take honesty and some for some of us either the altar where you sit or the altar up here some of us are needing badly to run back to Jesus badly including myself heavenly father your word is, is the most important thing in existence. It starts and ends there. And Father, forgive me of the times where I've taken your word for granted just because I grew up in church. Forgive me for the times that I've neglected your word just because I'm too busy. Forgive me for the times where I, I, I've lost interest in, in, in the things of, of you. And I stopped leaning in and reaching out for you I stopped digging for deeper truth because I just felt like I had all the knowledge I needed, which is a lie from the enemy. Father, I I, I don't want to be a hard heart. I don't want to have a shallow heart. I don't want to have a crowded, divided heart that loves the world more than it loves you. I want a humble, soft heart. I need that. And I'm asking you, Lord, for all of us in here, I'm asking you to soften my heart. I'm asking you to soften my heart. I'm asking you to till up the ground of the, 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 the bitterness, or the, or the anger, or the resentment towards someone. I'm asking you to till up the ground of, the, of, the, of the, the, um, the instinct that I have to make enemies of people, to think that they are always against me. I'm asking you to forgive me of that. I'm asking you to come in and take up residence again, to clear out the clutter in my heart, to set everything else aside for you, Lord Jesus, in this moment, in this moment. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and and respond and worship one more time.